0: this show is part of the thrill me podcast network experience more on facebook and youtube it's time for the mr wonderful show here's your host mr wonderful hey everybody welcome in to another episode of the mr wonderful show Lot to get to this week, so really no hesitation. Obviously, I'm going to tell you if you haven't done it yet, go like the Thrill Me Podcast Network Facebook page, also on YouTube. Great content there, 24/7 for your listening and viewing pleasure. Of course, the YouTube portion of things, uh, and as well, uh, go check out the latest episode of all of the shows. You can always keep up to them on the Facebook page, the YouTube channel. Uh, we have our own Twitter accounts as well, Stone Josh, Review It Rob. That's pretty much it as far as Twitter goes. If you want to talk to Zach Speakeasy, you can find him on Instagram. He don't tweet. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, all the great shows are out. A new episode of Haunter's Podcast as well, so you can uh, actually hear our thoughts. We come up with a great, great uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just say, Vin Diesel comes up in that episode, and it is worth a listen just for the Vin Diesel talk alone on the latest episode of Halter's Podcast. But let's get into this week's episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Uh, please subscribe if this is your first time listening. We are on all streaming platforms, so wherever you are listening, hit that subscribe button. Boom! Now you're locked in. You'll be updated every single week when this show comes out. Oh, and don't forget the Throw Me Podcast Network. We got the Patreon. There are some Patreon shows there. Uh, and I am going to be dropping a new episode on the Patreon uh, this weekend. So you're going to want to check that out. The A to Z wonderful movie reviews. I dive into my movie collection. And we re-review the movie. It could be a classic or it could end up being something like Little Monsters. You know, really specific to a genre and where my headspace was when I was young and impressionable. And does it still hold up is the question that gets asked on a lot of those. So there will be a new episode. Still don't know the movie yet. I might just literally throw the alphabet in a hat, pull it out, and then start narrowing it down from there, write out every movie, pull it from a hat again. Maybe that's how I'll start doing it from here on out. But either way, uh, that's going to be this weekend. The Throw Me Podcast Network Patreon is where you can go for that. So let's get into it. A lot of reviews this week, a lot of things. uh, It's the Memorial Day weekend just happened. So hopefully you had a fun, safe Memorial Day weekend, even though I should point out that Memorial Day weekend is considered the unofficial start of summer, but The whole point of Memorial Day is to remember those who served and those who gave the ultimate sacrifice, men and women of our country. So it's weird to say, hope you had a great three-day weekend, hope it was fun, happy Memorial Day. So all of that stuff, uh, a little weird for me, but I I do hope that whatever it is you did, that you were safe, you got to uh, relax a little bit and, and have a little reflection with that extra day off. Uh, but also with that being said, it is a big time for entertainment, and a lot of things dropped over Memorial Day weekend because with the three days off for most people out there, I know I work in a profession in radio, there is no off days, I still technically end up having to do things, it was nice to not work on Monday and just run a best of at my job, but I still ended up having to come in at some point that day to do one tiny little thing that I wasn't capable of doing before all the other craziness that went on that weekend. So obviously a lot of content came out. We're not going to get to Obi-Wan on this show just yet. I have not gotten to even start Obi-Wan Kenobi yet because I was busy watching the first thing that we're going to talk about. The first thing that I got to see this weekend was Stranger Things Season 4, or should I say the first part of Season 4, has officially dropped. It came out the first seven episodes of the nine-episode four-season, and uh, my thoughts on this, what a start, what a show. Stranger Things has been a really solid show since its debut. I'm currently going back. I know I probably should have watched the first three seasons before season four, but the fiance and I, we we binged season four, and now we're kind of going back on season one again. Uh, I feel like, really, she feels she needs more of a refresher. I've rewatched the season so many times with the just how much I love season one. I rewatched it again, and then with Halloween Horror Nights, I had rewatched it there. Season two was the same. I loved it the first time. I watched it a second time. HHN made it a thing. So I went back uh, and that was the same with season three as well. I love season three. I, I binged it in a day. I went back, I slowed it down a little bit and then I had a feeling we all had that feeling, even though, you know, so went back, rewatched it again before HHN that year when they did season two and season three combined. So I felt pretty good. And actually it just recently rewatched season three with the Fiance. Uh, well, during the pandemic, we were still in our one bedroom. So it was definitely within the past year because we weren't in the place that we're in now. We were still in our old place and we're coming up on a year for that. So it had been within the past year that we, we, we had actually watched season three again. So I felt good going into this and I got to say, season four uh, does what this show has done so good and that is continues to build on the mythology, on the characters, on just the overall tone uh this is absolutely a much darker uh, a much denser season than the three previous i mean season 1 is is absolutely the amblin et steven spielberg feel good 80s films uh the second season starts to kind of grow up a little bit you see the influences there season 3 takes on i don't i don't even want to say uh, any darker tones than where it was at, but it, it gets a little more uh, mature-ish. It, 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 its themes start to grow up. But season four is where the show has clearly taken the, as I've been expl- just in general, the in general tone of these characters are growing up, the audience is growing up with them, the story has to grow up as well, and season four makes sure to do that. It is absolutely a gory season. Uh, this fourth chapter of the show is is clearly expanding in a way that is setting up for what's going to be a two-part finale that, uh, or, or I don't even want to call it a two-part finale, I know they're saying the two-episode finale, but it's, it's really the penultimate of the season and then the finale we're getting on July 1st, but... And by the way, I do want to point out that there will be spoiler conversation on this. This is going to be a spoiler episode. So if you didn't read the description or any of that, a warning as we start to get closer to the portion of uh, diving into this. This is going to really be a spoiler episode uh, because I feel a lot of people have seen a lot of the things. Uh, So this, sorry if you haven't finished season four. Pause right now. Go back to watching. Finish. And then come back. I'll wait. All right, welcome back. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad you finally finished season four because now we can start getting into it here in a minute. But this fourth chapter leading into those final two episodes of the season are clearly setting up the stages for a huge season five, a huge final season of this show. The Duffer brothers have a vision, and it's time to get into that vision a little bit here in in the fact that, I think this is a great season. I love how dark this season goes. I love the heavy influences that are very clear in this season. Uh it, it feels as if they binged watch the entire Nightmare and Elm Street franchise and went, yeah, that's that's what we're doing here. And you know what? We're we're gonna do the Freddy Krueger thing. Uh, not just so much lean into the themes of that Nightmare and Elm Street series. We're actually gonna cash Robert England in this series for what I'm hoping isn't it cannot be just a one-off with him but the way that he was utilized in this this season was 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 a chef's kiss but I hope that there's more to that character and I'm sure that there's more to that character that we're going to eventually get but you get the Freddy Krueger aspect of it with Robert England literally being cast in this Uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street themes are so clear throughout as well with Vecna who is our main antagonist Uh, the villain of this season, or as we come to find out through Dustin in what might be, I think season four has two of the most solid, perfect episodes of television that we have seen in a long time in chapter four with Dear Billy and chapter seven, the massacre at Hawkins Lab. And I think Dustin kind of nails it there, with the where he starts, even he even mentions Freddy Krueger at one point, and the boiler room. Except in this, the it's not a boiler room or a basement; it, it's an attic where all the things are happening. But the but the Nightmare on Elm Street themes throughout this season. Uh, Vecna looking very much like Freddy. The fact that Vecna is attacking you in your mind. Uh, it does begin with sleep as well. It starts with nightmares. So Vecna is is attacking you with some nightmares. But the fact that he doesn't just attack you while you're sleeping, he can get you while you're awake, with your pain and your grief. And a great theme throughout the season as well that I think is going to be playing into a huge final two, the final two episodes. That that theme of grief and letting go of loss and and stuff like that. So I'm I'm curious again. The setup to what's going to be two episodes dropping to absolutely wreck us on July 1st was just so well done. Uh, sticking with some of those horror inspirations and the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, I, I love the preying on on your fears thing, which is a Freddy technique in your dreams. Uh, I loved as well the simple fact of, and maybe I'm overstretching on this one, but I love the connection of the wrongfully convicted uh, the wrongfully accused in Eddie, the newest character that we're introduced to, and I'm going to talk about characters in a minute because there are there there's actually a lot to talk about with the characters. I think, but I love the introduction of Eddie in this in this season. I loved what Eddie brought to the table, and I love the wrongful accusation of Eddie, which is very similar to a nightmare in Elm Street. When you even look at the first kill in in the episode, Eddie is very innocent just like in Nightmare on Elm Street, but the two of them are alone in a place, thrown up into the air, completely killed right in front of his eyes, and what does he do? He runs. And everybody's just convinced, well, it happened there, he was in there. It's the only logical explanation, because clearly nothing supernatural like that would happen. Just, you know, you're not expect. you know, adults will not believe that, unless you've been a part of it, which, uh... I want to talk about the cops as well. When we get to characters, I'm going to jot that down. I want to talk about the cops and kind of that aspect of it. So let me put that note down here. Uh, But other horror inspirations from A Nightmare on Elm Street that I noticed as well. Uh, And again, that might have been a stretch, but one that I don't think is a stretch and I think is a very clever play. You have Nancy confronting Vecna. Nancy confronted Freddy. Nancy... Did the research and and not only is Nancy in Stranger Things trying to figure out who Vecna is and and confront that, but does have the face to face with Robert England. She does have the actual encounter with the actor who will forever be known as Freddy Krueger. So I I love the Nancy connection. I I, I do think that that was it, it was a happy accident. I don't think that in season one, when when they were writing out these characters and they said Nancy Wheeler, they were like, and in the long run, come season four, we're going to do a Freddy Krueger thing, and it's going to be Vecna in place of Freddy, and we're going to have Nancy and Vecna, Freddy, Nancy, get it? Like, I don't think there was a long play in that, I think it was just a happy accident, but I do want to believe that there, that was intentional, and even the pool of blood, I said it was a gory season, the pool of blood. Was very reminiscent of the Freddy Krueger stuff, and and getting in the head and pre- preying on that fear and filling up the pool with blood. Like I love that moment with Nancy and Vecna. Now I did mention that Nancy had the face off with Robert England, uh, and she did that along with uh, Robin. Uh, but that, interestingly enough, takes into another horror inspiration in in this season where you saw Silence of the Lambs. That was a very Silence of the Lambs moment. Uh, granted, those young ladies were met much nicer than the array of characters that met Clarice when she was walking uh, to meet Hannibal Lecter. So I, I liked that. I-, I also thought Silence of the Lambs was very much kind of in the Eddie character. Uh, he he had that look and feel a little bit of of Buffalo Bill, but not as put the lotion on the skin and does what it is told. He He was a little more of a cowardly character. Uh, which played a little more into the Breakfast Club theme I got from this year, uh, where Eddie was a little more of the Judd Nelson. Uh, he was, you know, hurt. He was this character that when we first meet him, we go, oh, God. Uh, but then we realize as the layers start getting pulled back that, oh, he's been through a lot of bad trauma and situations. And he's just a little eccentric as as kind of a cover. And, you know, not as extreme as Judd Nelson's character, but you see he's playing that character. You also saw moments with Breakfast Club with the, you know, just the high school drama aspect of it alone. But Nancy, when she makes over Robin in the bathroom, or not in the bathroom, but it's reminiscent to the Breakfast Club, the bathroom makeover sequence. But Robin gets made up to look very nice, which, you know, again. And then there's the clear-cut moment towards the end with, (laughs) <laughs> with uh, Argyle where it's so clear it's it's Allie that they totally, totally, totally 100% ripped off uh, her look from Breakfast Club when we end up getting to Susie's house. And I got to say the Susie thing was cute and funny. Uh, I, I, I liked it, but I'm still trying to figure out what that situation was. Were those supposed to be was that her entire family or is she a foster family? Like I was very confused by that. I'm sure we'll get an answer when we go back to that side story. But yeah, the breakfast club was so clear throughout the course of this season. Uh, Even a little Ferris Bueller's day off there, sticking with the Susie thing when she changes Dustin's grade in the beginning. That's very uh, changing uh, uh, of the absentees, Uh, the poltergeist, again, is a part of this season with the ghost vibes and things like that. Uh, I do want to say, though, that I I felt that the stuff with Eleven and Eleven, your heart is broken throughout this entire, at least the opening of this season, but it is a strong season for Millie Bobby Brown. And again, we'll get to all that in a second. But uh, her stuff in the beginning, I felt that was very Carrie, especially when we get to the public display of humiliation that leads to her not being able to use her powers, but picking up the roller skate and hitting her bully in the face and then eventually getting arrested for it and stuff like that. But I, those were just some of the inspirations I saw in the, that that were very clear, but, but I think really made this season a good season and fun. Uh, now, I want to dump, dive, dump, dive into the characters a little bit. Uh, I mentioned you feel for Eleven at the start of the season and you feel for her throughout the season, but I think she gets... One of the biggest, it really has become her show. Uh, it, it's become the, it was always about 11, but it's, it's very clear cut how much this show is Millie Bobby Brown and what this show has done for her career. But yeah, you feel for her at the start of this uh, season with, with how bullied she is, how little she can do to fight back, uh, I loved her performance again. I, I think two of the best episodes this season are chapter four, dear Billy, uh, which gives Sadie sink as max a lot. Uh, but chapter seven, the massacre at Hawkins lab is, is really where it's so clear once again, that yeah, this is Millie. Bobby Brown is one hell of an actress and this show is all about her character. And I, i I loved those two episodes. I think they're two of the best episodes of television we got this season so far or just gotten the show and got this year so far in television. uh now I think there's something's going on with will, but I think this sh- I think this show once again really has done the will Byers character no help. I, I actually think will, Jonathan and Mike. So Finn Wolfhard, we're we're kind of left out it to dry, or not really to dry, but just put on the back burner. And it's unfortunate for Will for for Noah Schnapp because that character now for four seasons has pretty much just been on the back burner. And whatever they're leading to is such a slow lead to it that okay, we're finally gonna get something out of that character, but but if. It just doesn't feel like they he's just there. He's really just there once again. And that's the thing with this season. While as great as this season is, I think some of the downfalls of the season are the fact that there are a lot of characters and a lot going on because I mentioned Sadie Sink as Max. She gets a lot through those first four episodes and and chapter four Dear Billy is 100 percent showcases what she's capable of doing. But after that, in the season, she's just kind of there in the background again. She's just there again. She's not... It focuses so heavily on her and she gets to spread her wings and show what she's capable of doing and has one of the best episodes and then is just there for episode five, episode six, and episode seven. That's the unfortunate thing about how big this cast is now and how big what's going on and, and all the different storylines going on so we were heavy into Sadie Sink at the start after that we, we started moving a little more towards Eddie and the older kids but it, it's broken off into so many different things because really at the end of the day the Joyce Hopper aspect of the storyline was just this side thing with Murray a little bit of comedy flickered in over there and that was well done but it's there as a side story to get us going over there it's just kind of a distraction thing and so much more is going on before we get back to that that i felt a bit of a disconnect from all of that which is unfortunate because obviously the hopper stuff is is you know we all love him and we want more joyce and 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 chief hopper and murray is one of my favorite little side characters because he's just so damn hysterical and steals every scene he's in and such an interesting character, but their stuff was just so was just over here. And then you send Finn Wolfhard off to be with Will and Jonathan and Argyle's a nice addition and, and all that stuff, but they're just kind of off doing their thing. And then they're taking their little side journey. Uh, because again, once 11 leaves their group, like the whole buildup to, to them and everything that goes on with them is just, it's, it's there, it's stuff going on. But I feel like they're left out. Then Eleven shows up. Oh, we're focusing in on them. Then Eleven's gone. Oh, All right, they're just there again. They're all just kind of waiting. And it And I know it's all to get eventually all of them back together in Hawkins because that's obviously where they are all going to end up. But for the casting members that weren't already in Hawkins, they felt left out unless you're Eleven because it's her show. So, I, I really felt that those characters were, were and, and that meant Will once again. Uh, and I mentioned Mike in that. I, I saw some people ripping on Finn Wolfhard saying he seems like he's over Stranger Things, his performance is weak, and this and that. And I don't think it's that it's weak. I think that it's, he's been put on the back burner. There wasn't much for him to do. And then as far as Jonathan goes, yeah, he really was on a burner. But... That's, that's 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 kind of my only issues is that I just feel like there's a lot going on in the story that some of these characters and a few more than normal this time around got left on the back burner. But But again, the show succeeds in giving us combos that we didn't realize we needed, but now I need more Robin with either Steve or Nancy because now we've added Nancy to the equation. So I love watching those two interact. I loved watching. I I mentioned Eddie's my my favorite new character this season. And I loved watching him and Steve have interactions because Steve represents everything that Eddie hates. Eddie, you know, Steve doesn't, it clearly doesn't hate Eddie and all of that. And is accepting of that type of world, but he knows that Eddie doesn't care for him. So he's kind of like, Oh, whatever. He's got that cool, cool coolish, you know, shrug to him. The thing that made that Steve Harrington character so cool that even when he was a prick, in season 1 we were still like eh, we kind of don't want him to die though kind of want this character to grow so boom uh, i think steve had a, a great moment in this season as well with his uh back killing in the upside down but yeah getting getting that that was a fun moment as well where we got we got we got steve with the chest hair and and all of that so as far as the characters go and the story goes again great season some of them felt like they were a little left out, but some of those odd pairings, again, ended up making for some of the best television that we got to see and some of the best moments in this season. Like, uh, I, again, I need more of Robin and Nancy as well as Robin and Steve, although I do feel as if we're heading to the end for some of the older characters because, yeah. Our may, our our younger ones, our Mikes, our Dustin's, Lucas, and all of that. And Lucas had a great, had a, had a good season as well. I liked what they did with his character. He had a bit of a Teen Wolf moment, hitting the game winning shot and all that. But I, I really did like Lucas's moments this season. I, I like that he came back to his friends. Uh, I loved the moment between him and Max where he was like, "Hell yeah, you know, damn right, that's my favorite artist now. I'm I'm I love me some." some Kate Bush, like, damn right. I'm huge fan, (laughs) huge fan. She saved your life. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. I, and and that, you know, that's really where a lot of this season was, was, you know, and I, and I, I should mention as well with Lucas, his, his story was very much not wanting to be the nerd anymore and wanting to be, you know, now that they're in high school, be, be cooler than what they've been. I get that I you know that that kind of hit me watching the season because I remember that I remember that moment in school I think we all do and that's what this show has always done good is it's able to build off of our nostalgia of the 80s our love of the 80s but it's always remained real in the sense of these characters and what they go through everything that they go through in this high school season we get and we've been there and we understand it outside of you know the whole upside down world Somebody with the psychic powers, superhero things, evil Dr. Brenner, which nice to have Matthew Modine back. Nice to have him back this season. Uh, you know, I know we all were like, oh, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. But let's be real. It's good that he's back. I like that that they were able to find the way to weave him back in there for real, for reals. Uh, I love Paul Reiser being in this season again, Dr. Owens. I just enjoy him. But, you know, a lot going on. Uh, we're heading to these final two episodes. I mean, just enormous sprawling story that has just been well done uh, and and hat tip to them for this. Uh, I, I One of the other things, though, I do want to say outside of the separation of character stuff that kind of bugged me, uh, the Vecna connection there at the end. Uh, I, I didn't really need the overreaching, in my opinion, of connecting all of it. But it wasn't done poorly; it worked. It's fine. It's not the worst thing that could be done. I just, I just felt as you know, I just kind of. It was more. I thought we were going one way, and they they reached back and found a way to go. No, no, no. We're going back to the beginning, beginning, and can you know? So I, I don't know. It, it works. It's not a. It's not. The worst thing in the world. I'm not sitting here. Please do not at me on that one. I don't hate it. I just felt that it was a little... I had a moment of, oh, all right. One? Okay, so, all right. I guess. Not bad. Not the worst thing. Even if the CGI aspect of things and the very, you know, Star Wars moment there at the end... uh, with Papalteen and all of that stuff, you know, even though it kind of had that feel to it, you know, not, not again, not the worst because, again, I'm telling you, I think that episode where all of that is happening is an amazing episode. I really do give that episode a 10 out of 10 as well as Dear Billy. So it's not a criticism in the way of I don't like the separation of characters. It's a totally different thing I'm talking about here. It just it was one of those like, all right, we that's OK. That's the connection. Got it moving on. Cannot wait for the final two episodes. And yeah, overall, it's a darker, more mature show. It's grown with its audience. It's grown with the kids that are starring in it. Its inspirations are clear. And this is definitely the boldest, goriest show uh, that the show has gotten. And I am very much looking forward to the conclusion of this show, because this season actually has felt like a penultimate season as well. The entire thing, knowing that season five is the last season, the way that each episode played out and the episode lengths as well, just fabulous stuff. But yeah, the way that this season has played out, it it does feel like it's, it's a penultimate season. And next year, I I don't even know what to expect in season five. I, I, I Hell, I don't even know what to expect in these final two episodes, but Wonderful season so far. This is, I'm giving this a perfect score on my on my scorecard right now. I don't think they're going to screw up the final two episodes, especially if they're taking their time to get those out. I feel as if Netflix, they know what they're doing on that because, well, one, they need to retain their audience, uh, and two, the Duffer brothers as well. I'm sure they 100% were the ones that were like, yeah, this is a smart idea because they knew we were going to need time to recoup from the first seven and then they're ready to knock us out with the final two. So perfect score so far who, you know, we'll, we'll see. Do the final two episodes hold up? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume they do. Uh, all right. That'll do it for this week. Yeah. Just getting into a lot of the stranger things talk. Uh, do want to say though, before I get out of here that from the last time I recorded and talked to you all, uh, we did have to say goodbye to a legend in Hollywood, and that is Ray Liotta. Uh, I was very surprised by the passing of Ray Liotta last week, as I'm sure everybody was, because let's be real, nobody uh, nobody had that on their bingo card. And it was a young, young 67 as well for Ray Liotta, so not like it was... He was an old man, you know, not not one of these how we're celebrating the queen right now and she's over 90 and stuff like that. And I know James Earl Jones was trending the other day and he's over 90. So, like, there was the, oh, God, why? But Ray Liotta trending at 67 for passing away. Uh, That one hurt. Field of Dreams is just... A fabulous movie that he got to star in. Goodfellas, of course, is the one that I know everybody instantly thinks of. And there's a reason for that. You know, there is a reason for that. Just a hell of a career for Ray Liotta. He, he played the bad guy. But from everything you can see, the characters he played, he was the exact opposite of them. One of the sweetest guys. I saw I saw videos of him working with local animal shelters. Uh, to help get pit bulls adopted. To stop the stigma that pit bulls are just a dangerous breed of dog. So just it sucks to lose a legend. It sucks that it's Ray Liotta. Uh And yeah, watch Watch Goodfellas. Watch Field of Dreams. Watch Hubie Halloween. That's right. He was in an Adam Sandler movie and I plugged it. Watch Watch Heartbreakers. Jason Lee. From Kevin Smith film fame, the guy that gave you "My Name Is Earl," the guy that was Earl. Yeah, go watch. Go watch Heartbreakers. It's got Sigourney Weaver, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ray Liotta. <laughs> it's actually, uh, from what I remember, I do not own it, so it will never be on A to Z Wonderful Movie Review on the Patreon. But from what I remember, it's it was enjoyable. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'll just rewatch that one for the hell of it now. Uh, But a perfect time to do it after Ray Liotta passed away last week. So, yeah, no ending on a sad note. Probably not the best thing to do, but you know what? Screw it. We're going to end on that note. So, uh, yeah, RIP Ray Liotta. Thank you all for hanging out. Um, I know I didn't get into a Top Gun review. I didn't get into a Bob's Burgers review, Uh, but here's all I'll say. Everything you've heard about Top Gun Maverick and how good it is, I agree. The Bob's Burgers movie, absolutely a really funny, warm-hearted family comedy. Has a lot of callbacks to the show, so if, if you know the show, you're going to laugh a little bit harder. If you're unfortunately like me, where I'm not fully caught up on the show, I missed out on some of the jokes, but that did not mean that I could not enjoy the movie because... As long as you know the premise and you've seen a few episodes of Bob's Burgers, you know exactly what you're getting and the movie delivers on that note. So on that note, that is officially the end of the show. Until next week, peace and love.